Welcome to the Best Bet Show. Field of 68, Bet Rivers, three-man weave. Perfect intro. I'm Kai McEwen. Joining me is Jim Root and Matt Cox. Post-Super Bowl show, our first one of the season. That means it's college basketball, baby. All eyes are on the best sport in the entire world. Hey, congrats to the Chiefs. It was actually a really good game. I watched the Super Bowl. Yes, even me, Jim, the non-football guy here. Uh, liked it. Had fun. High scoring. Drama came down to the wire. Uh, fantastic. Now we move on. We talk about college basketball. Season starts now, Jim. Takeaways from this weekend, if you got them. Ticket punchers, Kai. That's, that's what I'm punchers. calling our Tigers and the Purple Cats of Northwestern. Going to be tough to keep them out with that win over Purdue at mm-hmm. home yesterday. Really, really solid resume. So potentially the second bid in the history of that school. Big for journalists everywhere. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot from... Uh, Darren Rovell, et cetera, about Northwestern. Matthew, any takeaways for you? You know, Kai, I kind of blame you for the Zach Eady uh, segment mm-hmm. on our podcast. I, I feel like you jinxed him in the Boilers as they now lost two in a row. And while I believe he's still the player of the year, I continue to look closer at alternative long shot options there in that market. Ah, um, so I, I like you to, to respect the gambling gods as you so confidently claim him as the uh, runaway guarantee champion. Uh, but yeah, welcome NFL fans. This sport's... Uh, it's a lot harder to beat than I think you may be um, perceiving. Um, so especially for me, I am ice cold, which is why you should now start following me. So just for the if you're just now new to the show, I've been in a kind of in a rut. Um, so usually what you want to do is start tailing the guy who's been in a bad streak, you know, the do theory, and you want to fade the guys who have been hot. That's kind of you know one of the, the do theory, you know, one of the, the the pillars that we advise as uh, trailing us as a uh, quasi touts. Kai, it's like you it's like watching has. a game, and I discussed this with Pete, uh, one of the guys in the chat recently. And you complain about a player, and he immediately makes an awesome play. Like right, even this right. weekend, we were like, "Man, Golston from Mizzou, why is he our late clock option?" And then he hits a game winner at the buzzer. So you just kind of complain it into existence. Maybe that's what Lake Show's doing with Matt's best bets. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. All right, let's get on to the show rundown. Here we go. Hey, a couple of really good games in this very small slate, um, full of mid majors and low majors. But we have West Virginia at Baylor leading us off. And Matthew, it's a Big 12 battle. We saw West Virginia eh, lay a stinker on the road against Texas. They got blown out. Their fate is still in the balance right now, just four and eight in conference play. I would say their tournament outlook is it's okay, but it's definitely dicey. And a win here at Baylor would go a long way. Just two true road wins or or quality true road wins all season long. Matthew, who who do you have in this one? Baylor is minus six and a half at home. I like Baylor first half. Uh, the six and a half feels a little bit too big for me to lay with much confidence. Um, but yeah, I mean, Baylor you know, took care of business on the road. I know TCU is shorthanded, but you know, relative to the odds makers expectations, they covered that game. They've now won what I think 10 of their last 11. The only loss being that barn burner at Texas, uh, West Virginia though, I think continues to surprise us, right? I think we were sort of in the, this West Virginia team's overrated by the numbers because of a few blowout efforts, um, but you know, you just break down what they've done on the road and conference play, one of the better road ATS teams, uh, of power within the power conference realm, Jim. So like that kind of huggy gritty mentality with the size I have up front, I know their guards are erratic, but it seems to have traveled well in big 12 play. And I'm sure you'll talk about the, the cha-cha X factor here for the bears. I like the bears first half, uh, but no official play for me. Yeah. How about Baylor, man? They're like arguably a two seed right now after they were 10 and five uh, a month ago. Mm -hmm. They've won nine of their last 10. Really, really playing well. Kai, you know what they've done in league play is slam the brakes offensively. They're playing a lot slower. They're just trying to out execute teams or just out 
outperform teams in the half court. I think they know they've got better scorers with Flagler, Cryer, even Bridges, and Keontae George has been fantastic. And they think that their half court defense is good enough to hold up and and not be totally uh, horrendous enough to offset their offense, which has been fantastic. Uh, JTT does help. He, he's definitely given them a little bit of an emotional boost. But Kai, with some of the switching stuff, he has gotten attacked over the weekend. TC was really picking on him, trying to get him in space. He just doesn't quite have the burst yet, so we're still mm-hmm. waiting to see that come along. I kind of like Matt's angle here on the on Baylor first half. I also like the under, which is a real cringe thing to do against West Virginia because it's just a mm-hmm. foul fest whenever they play. Um, but the first time these two played, there were 60 points in the, at halftime, and then there were 25 in the final two minutes of the game because of fouling and stuff. So yep. that's the risk. I still think the pace is slow enough that the under is worth a look. Yeah, Baylor won game one uh, on the road in West Virginia. Obviously very impressive. The Mountaineers did lead by by five in the second half, though. Keontae George was huge in that game, 32 points. Apparently, West Virginia just doesn't have that answer. And I, I mentioned the road wins. West Virginia, West Virginia has just not been that good on the road. We know they stayed in the state of Texas since that Texas game. Maybe that helps out their travel a little bit more, helps, in, uh, it helps their mindset a bit. But I just can't go against Baylor right now. They're playing their best ball at the moment. We talked about JTT being back in the fold. Um, I, I think it's a matchup in which they perform well. They don't foul. They rebound well. And their interior defense gets a lot better with JTT back. Um, it's a similar spread to Texas, in which case I, I in which I, I kind of liked West Virginia against Texas or, uh, taking seven there. Obviously didn't work out. In this one, I'm staying away. Six and a half is probably the right line. And, and again, Baylor's hot, hot, hot right now. Next game. To the ACC we go, and boy, this one has been steamed, man. North Carolina is now laying five and a half at home against Miami. The Lions moved one and a half, two points since the opener. Am I surprised, Jim? I think I am a bit. They're off a great win, UNC, uh, against Clemson. But are they really two points-ish better on a neutral than Miami right now? I don't know. Yeah, that it feels high to me. Um, and, and like I think the easy narrative is, oh, UNC is way better at home. Okay, true, but they're six and six against the spread at home. They're two and nine and two pushes against the spread anywhere else. So, yes, yeah. they are better at home, but it's not like they're a home run, easy bet at home like Auburn last year or something yeah. like that. Uh, this just feels high to me. I, Miami's guards gave UNC absolute hell last year, blew them out by 28. Granted, that was in Coral Gables, but a complete smackdown. Matt, I, I, I don't think this is going to be a, a blowout uh, by any means here, but five and a half is just too many for a team with better guards. Baycott probably has his way. Omir foul trouble is a risk, but I just like Miami more than UNC right now. So five and a half, sure, I'm interested. Jim, good set. I'll spike this for my uh, best bet. Hopefully a winner trying to get off the uh, the losing tracks here. I have two today, a little teaser. Yeah, I like the Canes. Um, I know UNC played a lot better last game. I, I was very confident that Clemson would continue to pick on this depreciating UNC defense, but they, they played with a lot more, you know, with what it reads like energy and passion and all that stuff that you hear about. So maybe UNC's actually uh maybe their defense is tightening up the screws. I still don't like the matchup, right? Even though you're playing harder, I don't think that that quell the fact that their primary two guards are not great on ball defenders and Miami toasted them in ball screen last year. They'll do the exact same this year. Um, is it a tough spot for Miami? Yeah, you know, one day turnaround after going from Coral Gables up to Chapel Hill. But the Canes are seven and two on the road ATS this year, I believe, by my tally. Um, and I think the fact that they actually kind of played a 
oddly close game against Louisville, I think actually is a good thing here. I think it kind of like reinvigorates them. Like, okay, that was a kind of a dicey effort here. Let's you know kind of get locked in for UNC. Also maybe proves that they're looking ahead of this game. So like the Canes, agree. I, I see the money for UNC. I understand it, right? You know, good spot, buy low. Maybe they're going to see this trajectory going up. I, I don't see that though. So um, I'm fading it. I'm taking the Canes at the better price, five and a half. Yeah, I actually, I really don't understand the money. Um, you, uh, Unless someone's hurt. I mean, I, objectively, Miami's been the better team th- this season and, and recently. I think O'Meara holds his own against Baycott. The guard play is better for the Canes. And, and he, have you guys seen the coaches, by the way, on, on the on the sidelines here? Jim Laranaga is a much better coach than Hubert Davis. It's not even close. Um, fading UNC has been profitable overall this year. 8-15 and 15 against the spread, 2-4 and four the last six. I lean the Canes here as well. I support Matthew's best bet at plus five and a half. Thank you. There's no way Caleb Love plays as well as he did two games in a row, yeah, right? He, he was a monster. He was excellent against Clemson. Against, against Clemson. Yeah. It looked you like he the, and RJ Davis had to sit down and uh, sort it yeah. out their little love triangle problems. You you got the uh, the Caleb Love hitting everything game, unfortunately, for Clemson backers. Yep. Like me. All right, next game. Yeah. Texas at Texas Tech. The Longhorns are laying four on the road, Matt, against their rival. Hey, credit to Texas Tech. Beating K-State is impressive, even at home. And we know this Texas Tech team is still pretty formidable at home. Do you like them here against Texas getting four? No, I don't. Um, not going to lay it with Texas. I think it's. I think you have to respect the, the home court here, right? Texas Tech, Texas is a different animal. Uh, I think there's some real juice in that building still. You remember the massive game last year in Lubbock that was like the all-time hypest of home regular season spots. Uh, Tech will be up for this one. I know Chris Beard won't be on the sidelines, so there may not be that same vile hatred in the building. Um, but but Tech's just better at home, in my opinion. Just anecdotally, I think that's where they play their best. And for a team that's been up and down, there could be some value here, Jim. Uh, Matchup-wise, I still like Texas's guards leaps and bounds better than Tech's. And, and while Tech's front line should have an advantage here, um, you know, with IMAX issue and then with with Bacho kind of being not all the way uh, at his best, you know, consistently, we'd say. Um, he missed like, last I, game. I yeah, he's out last game. What's the status for this game? I believe he's supposed to. Oh, no. It's still TBD. Yeah, they've been kind of close to us with those guys all year and, and Isaacs as well. Um, I don't know. I think a lot sets up here for Texas, but I think it's sort of a, eh, I'll stay away here in a, in a weird spot. I have a note for Texas Tech. I don't know how well they've scouted this game, but Serge Barrio Rice likes to use what's called a pump fake, mm. and no one has ever seen it before. It's like <laughs> kind of that movie, The Invention of Lying, yes. where like Ricky Gervais just gets to say lies, and people are like, "What? I didn't even know that was an option." So like, you can fake a jump shot. Oh God, I can't even believe it. Uh, so he gets to the line at will because he always beats the first guy and then gets to the rim. Um, I, I hope that Texas Tech has figured that out. Scouted a little bit. They're familiar with Texas as an opponent. Matt, you mentioned no beard, but there's still a little Jalen Tyson uh, transfer angle. I know you love that as the, kind of the revenge guy playing the old school, a little bit motivated for that. I, I don't really have a strong take on this side either way, Kai. I think the line's actually fairly solid. I, I thought there was a chance it'd be a little closer to Texas Tech where everyone would jump all over Texas, uh, but not willing to do that here. Um, and Texas has been involved in some shootouts lately, so I'm not going to touch the total either. Yeah, uh, shout out to Serge Jabari Rice, by the way, for getting out of New Mexico State. Good call. Good call. Yeah, yeah. Way to get out of He'd there. be not playing uh, basketball right yes. now. Yes. Um, yeah, Bacho, Isaacs, uh, don't know their status. I, I, I think they kind of matter, uh, especially against Texas here. But AMAC coming back is big. And also, Mark Adams changed Texas Tech's rotation. It, they went small against Kansas State, and it worked, and can you do that against Texas to the same effect? Maybe not. 
Um, but it is a huge rivalry game. They cl- clearly have some momentum coming into this game. They lost by just two at Texas in their first matchup. They can hang with them. Isaacs had 23 in that game. Maybe, maybe part of it. Um, I, I actually lean towards Tech at home. Again, I, I think there's something brewing with their retooled rotation, the return of AMAC, the home court, slightly in their way at, at plus four. I actually do lean the over, um, Kai, the retooled rotation. I think I, I forgot to mention, like they've been playing a little smaller without yep. one of Bacho or IMAC. 79 possessions against K-State. Yes. Did not get even close to going over, which frustrated me to no end. <laughs> uh, but if you give me that kind of pace up and down and Texas is willing to play that way, yep. then you're, you're going to make money in the long run getting betting overs there. And 72 possessions in the first matchup between these two teams. So hitting 75 would not be a surprise in, in this game. All right, next one here, real Drexel. Quick, real quick, yes, guy, Matthew. I want to echo. Uh, I want to echo J Man's take there at the buzzer. I mm-hmm. refuse to believe in Texas Tech. I think that's a pretty good, just simple parallel to uh, to, to attack this game. I wouldn't bet Texas Tech. I just wouldn't. Fair enough. They put them. They looked just fine against Kansas State last game. That they, they could be coming back a little bit. Uh, Drexel at Hofstra. Our next one in the Colonial. Hofstra land nine and a half. Man, Matt Drexel's a weird team. Uh, they just beat Towson in overtime without three of their uh, main players, <laughs> including Justin Moore. I don't understand that one. Yes, I am mad about that game. Uh, and Hofstra's rolling. Seven straight wins, seven straight covers. What do you make of this game in a pretty big spread here? Yeah, I mean, I think the, you have Amari Williams up front for Drexel. I think he's a great neutralizer um, on both ends, and that's kind of been a, a key matchup problem that Drexel has posed for teams. You have him up front. You have a dynamic uh, creator in and more than have shooters around. Um, but no, I don't understand that result at all. I can't possibly fathom how you could beat Towson without those guys. Although Towson's not exactly a very deep team either. Hofstra, not exactly a deep team themselves, but they have played without depth all season. Um, and I don't think they're like, you know, they're not prone to, um, you know, letdowns in bad spots because of that lack of depth. And you kind of have to apply that today when you're again on a quick turnaround played Saturday night, you're playing Monday Estrada's been back for two games and they've looked pretty damn dominant, right? So like Hofstra is a team that played really well without Estrada, shockingly. Um, and then I think with them, he just obviously lifts their ceiling to a new level. I would not fade Hofstra here. Uh, do I like the value though? The price at Hofstra? Not really. Uh, it feels a little bit too high to me. Apologies for the current <clears throat> appearance of our stream. Jim did, did lose we, internet. Oh, did we lose Jim? Okay. Uh, yes. It's a big loss for us. Kilo. Uh, yes. Uh, I think the boxes are a little screwed up, but we're still here. We're talking. Matt and I are still on here. All right, here we are. Just listen to the sound of our, our soothing are. voices. Yeah. Matt and I both have very soothing voices, baritone. Um, are you a dragon or a pride? I'm leaning pride here, Matt. Even with the big spread, um, the dragons are worse on the road. They've been very strong at home this season. And also, without those guys in the lineup, even if a couple of them are still missing, I don't think they really stand a chance against, against Hofstra. They need to control the tempo. Drexel really wants to slow it down, speedy like his name suggests, wants to run for Hofstra. Aaron Estrada should score at will. Hofstra has too many weapons, despite uh, Drexel's stellar defense. I also think Hofstra has a lot of answers for Amari Williams inside. So I lean towards Hofstra as well, even at nine and a half. All right, Matthew, uh, can you help me out on Chatsar? Do you do you I have can. his capabilities? Let's, uh, let's do yeah, this. From the hip. So I was told I was actually in all three screens. I was trying to do kind of like a... You know, like a Rihanna, a little re reacting last night there. I think we're like back a little bit with just over. us in, in, in the frames, at least. That's good. They can yeah, see us. That's now. good. Uh, progress indeed. All right, let's go through um, questions. You don't have a lot here to get to. No, um, no just a couple. 
Grambling is on the outline, I believe. How many SWAT games are on the outline? Grambling is not on the outline. Grambling. Let's talk Grambling, Kai. The Fighting Cartier Gordons down there. One of the, what, five Tigers in the SWAC. They are hosting Prairie View. Opened six and a half, down to five. Some uh, money on the Panthers, which I agree with. Felt like a big number for, uh, you know, even though Prairie View's not been as dominant as we know in years past, they are one of the top dogs in that league. Uh, Any take here, Kai? No, not really. Uh, I, I, I lean towards... Grambling, I suppose, Matthew. They've just been a lot better team. We're back in the three boxes. Jim's on the cell phone. He he's with us now. Uh <laughs> what a show so far. Uh I learned grambling. I'm not gonna bel- uh, belabor this take. I don't have much on it. Uh continuing here, I'm looking at Stony Rick Delaware. Delaware, that'll be a best bet. We'll holster that one. Wow. Uh, Matt Sharp today. All over the holster. I'm good. You. I'm all over, baby. Mammoth, NCA, and Did that make the L? No chance I made. All right, good. Um, Did not. No offense for those two teams. Hey, our Mammoth Hawks fight on King Rice and company. They are kind of a sneaky ATS darling recently. However, when they lose, they can lose big. Um, and so I think you kind of have to pick the right spots to back them. Jim, NCA, and T is a more talented team, but the team I don't really trust one point, though, just you're asking the Aggies to win at Mammoth. It's not a big ask. Yeah, I'm flying kind of blind here. I don't have any data because of the lack of actual Wi-Fi. Don't need data. Don't um, need data. But Mammoth is playing so much better lately. They actually are trending up. Um, my ratings maybe are a little sti- a little stale on them. So I this line said bet NCANT, but I, I wouldn't do that. I sort of lean towards Mammoth just based on current form. And Matt's a classic gut against the number thing. And, and usually gut rides that out. Yeah, I've found my guts to be a lot better than my numbers this year. Um, any other last second ones? I'm scrolling here. Mobsters, uh, please repeat, resend if you already sent them earlier. Uh, that's all I see. Legitimately, fellas. I don't think there's any. What other games have we missed? Hampton, Elon. You want to talk Hampton, Elon? That, no, that didn't make the chat, did it? Uh, no, it did not, Matthew. Elon, do you look at Elon the outline? Six and a half. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I do occasionally, but I don't have it memorized off the top of my head. Um, Elon laying six and a half, basically a touchdown to Hampton. Yeah, I mean, Hampton's been the bane of my existence the last two seasons. Team yeah. should be way better. I feel like it has way more talent than they uh, they play. Um, Kai, thoughts? I kind of lean Elon here, actually, as wild as that is. Kind of lean Elon, but it's lots of lay with this team. Don't really trust them. And they won Stayed four away. or five, um, gotten healthier, too. So, and Elon basically rope doped themselves into a by low by dropping to 350th in Kempom. So you could argue there's still some some value there. But both teams are bad though, Jim. Any additional thoughts? Uh no, but their urgent announcement is that my I'm in a group chat in my building for playing pickup basketball and there's a buzz about the lack of internet throughout the building right now. People wow. are angry. The pitchforks are coming out. I think management's going to have a tough afternoon after this one. Uh, we'll stay mm-hmm. safe there, folks. Um, <laughs> hi, that's all I have. I'm sorry if there's uh, one more game. Morgan State, South Carolina State. That can't be on the outline, correct? Let's talk that one. Um, 154 and a half. A question about the total. The side is basically sitting at a pick. My quick thoughts, I like Morgan State on the side, and I like the yep. over, Mr. McKeon. Um, I, I can't like Morgan state, Matthew. They're too hurt. They've had two or three guys out of lineup yeah. every single game. So I've stayed away. They got to keep my back last game. Uh, Jim, I know you're, yeah, but another guy was out rosters here. Okay. Yeah. They're kind of the whack-a-mole <laughs> roster situation right now. Will Thomas came back, whatever. Okay. Yeah. yeah tough. My numbers always say bet unders on South Carolina state games because their defensive possession length is so fast. Um, that that's what dictates all their high totals. They don't play any defense and they press and just kind of like let you get layups. I would probably lean towards the over, but I think the Morgan injuries also maybe detract from that too. 
Yeah, the Malik Miller injury, I think, is what ruined Morgan's season. Like, you can kind of draw a line from when they were good to yep. how, how they're playing without him. Yep. All right, back to the outline. Let's hit some swaction amongst other conferences. Well, first, let's hit some Patriot League. Yeah, we had a question about this game, and we're going to answer it right now. American at Bucknell. American is laying two on the road. American's weird, Jim. They're talented. They're arguably the best team they've had in a long time, but they faltered in league play. They lost four straight games after winning their first four. Then they beat Army, Navy, and Colgate in the span of four games, and then they lost their last two. Strange team. Can't figure them out. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, super erratic, which is surprising to me. They're like a Princeton offense. You think that's more consistent, um, but maybe in league play, it's it's tougher because these teams are really prepared for it, and a couple other Patriot teams run Princeton. They're all a little bit lacking in dynamic athleticism the way like a Swacker or Miak would and just play in transition, so there's a lot of half-court execution in this league. That's definitely Americans' bag with Rodgers as the the big guy they play through. I just don't love this Bucknell team. Really leave me cold. Um, I thought Nathan Davis had turned around a little bit after a complete basement out last year. They just tanked completely, but it hasn't corrected as well as I had hoped. They go on some real weird scoring droughts that I think don't really make sense for the roster they have. They actually have some decent scores. So I would lean towards American Kai. I, I just both these teams are a little too erratic for me to trust. Yeah, I love American, and then I look at their most, uh, you know, losing a home to Holy Cross, and that's kind of inexcusable, yeah, especially weird. off the lost Boston before that. Like I was really hoping to buy in on this team. Um, probably should have beat Colgate the first time. Probably should have swept Colgate. So you look at like basically, I think American's a team that like against the upper end of the conference, right? They're motivated. They can rise and play to the high level of the league, but against more of the middlers that they can step down and maybe sleepwalk through games. Uh, Just echoing your point. I I don't trust either team. This conference is probably my least favorite to bet. Just the volatility and my lack of read on any team, any spot in general, just bet the road team. Home court's basically non-existent. That's kind of my angle here. Well, Matt, that's a good take. It's actually the lowest win percentage in the country in the Patriot just 48.6% of the of, of the time, Native home teams have won outright. Road teams win more outright in this league than, than home teams. That's crazy. We'd, we'd rather play at your place than ours. That's what, yes. what that means. Yeah. Uh, so Bucknell won game one at American. It came down to hot shooting. Bucknell was 9 for 13 from three. American was 4 for 15. American dominated the glass. They're clearly a better team. They're more talented. I think American gets revenge here uh, and takes this one at, at minus two. That's my lean. Uh, next game, a huge game in the MIAC, fellas. It's Howard and Maryland Eastern Shore. If you're not familiar with the MIAC, Howard currently leads this league by one game. UM, UMES and Norfolk are tied for second right now, Matthew. Howard's won seven in a row, but they needed overtime to beat Delaware State in their last game on Saturday. UMES won the first matchup. Who do you like in this one with Howard laying seven points now at home? I kind of like Howard. It feels big for, again, two teams that don't seem all that far apart in, in class, caliber of coaching, talent, however you want to slice it. Um, kind of think it's a tough spot for Crafton and the boys of, uh, what is it, Princess Anne, Maryland, wherever the way out there. Princess Anne, um, I think is what Princess it is. Anne. Yeah. Man, Norfolk to come close, but no cigar. I think they actually, they don't fold tonight, but I think it's tough to get back up to play Howard here just less than 48 hours later, Jim. I would lean the Bison despite the fact it's a pretty big number. I am the opposite, Matthew. I kind of like going against Howard off the overtime win against Delaware State, where you know he had to play five extra minutes of basketball. Now it's 48 hours later. They got a big buzzer beater from Jelani Williams or, or really late bucket to win that one. Howard is more talented, no question. Like That roster is actually 
pretty good and it's trended up to maybe where we thought it could be in league play non-conference they were uh, not as strong but eastern shore is really feisty tough they switch a ton defensively Um, they basically don't play a big guy most of the time so that makes them really switchy one through five they got some physical guards philip is like a beast i think they hang around um i also would really love eastern shore to win for my norfolk to win this league futures so a little bias in that much to my chagrin they're game back right now but I still do lean UMES off a loss against a team that just had an OT win. I think there's a little bit of buy low sell high to that. I think I last bet Howard against UMass in the first matchup, and I said they were a buy low, and I gave up after they lost, and sure enough, seven straight wins, Kai. So uh, <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, seven straight wins, but you know what? Their, their last loss was Maryland Eastern Shore, and Maryland Eastern Shore, it's their defense has been so tough in league play. They are number one in turnover rate in the conference. They're number one in defensive rebounding, despite being one of the five shortest teams in the country. They just play hard. They play really hard. They're coached well. Um, in this first game, it was kind of a domination, man. Maryland Eastern Shore led by 18 in game one. Um, now, Howard can shoot. They have the best field goal percentage in the in the conference from three and from two. Elijah Hawkins is the real deal. He gives them a chance in every game, but I think seven feels a bit high here. I actually lean towards Maryland Eastern Shore. Matt, if you're not familiar with geography, it's about a two and a half hour bus ride. Uh, over to Howard, DC to the uh, yeah. the the Bay, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. opposite. Yeah, exactly. Um, I lean towards uh, Maryland Eastern Shore. All right, Northeastern and Charleston is our next game. Going back to the Colonial here, Charleston has been its usual dominant self. We'll say Jim since dropping two straight. They beat Delaware by seventeen, Wilmington by thirty-two, and Hampton by thirteen. Northeastern's terrible. Six straight losses. Who do you like in this game? Charleston's laying sixteen at home. I'm curious if Maddie will give me the stamp of approval on Charleston first half, because that's, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Yes. All right, good. Yes. Um, Northeastern is, it's a lot of points for a Bill Cohen coach team. Like he's probably going to muck the game up, slow it down. The roster is not great, but there's some big wing guys that can be somewhat issues and kind of muck up what Charleston wants to do. I just think the talent level is so overwhelming. Kelsey will at least get the tempo up probably somewhat. Uh, it's easier to slow down a fast team than it is to speed up a slow one. But Charleston is like one of the best dictators of pace in the country. I lean towards Charleston first half. Like I said, I'm not really willing to lay 16, but I certainly won't take Northeastern, one of the teams I trust least in the country at this stage. Just maddening. Yeah, lead the league in turnovers. They're last in the league enforcing turnovers. I mean, they lose the possession battle every time they go out there at Northeastern. So it basically, you're asking a team to outshoot your opponent on a nightly basis. Um, and they're pretty good in the glass, right? That's where their strength is. They're long, but uh, I think Charleston negates that completely, right? I think they get out in transition. They're running. I think they can force steals, get easy layups. Um, kind of reminds me of last season when Northeastern had this mid to late season swoon, and it just it feels like a white flag situation. I think Bill Cohen's a great coach. I think he's just in a situation now where the transfer thing has really just bypassed him in a sense, not to get into like a big macro tangent here, Kai, but just I'm... Um, I think there's a similarity between last year's underachievement. And I think this year's same type of thing. I know they've not been all the way healthy. They're healthier now, and it's still not going well. So I, I look to fade this Northeastern team. Well, the problem's guard play, ball handling. That that's been their issue since Tyson Walker left. They just don't have any point guards. And yeah, that's on Bill Cohen probably uh, recruiting. I mean, he only has wings at his disposal. Right, a lot of. And it's been like that for two or three years. Um, yeah, Charleston crushed them in the first matchup, twenty six point, or they won by twenty six. Straight dominance, 1.13 points per possession versus 0.79. Though Northeastern can stand up to Charleston on the glass better than most teams in the Colonial, 
they can't stop them any other way. I, I look for the Huskies to cough it up a lot for Charleston to run their shooters off the line. That's key against the, the three point shooting Northeastern team. Um, they have some bruisers, but again, Charleston, every bit as athletic, every bit more skilled. I think it's a fair line at 16. I, I'm staying away. Yeah. Kai, the point guard thing's big. You mentioned they thought Cormier, the freshman was going to be the next Tyson Walker, like come in and yeah, run mm-hmm. the show. And he just hasn't been quite up to that standard. Yes, correct. Next game, Jackson State at Bethune Cookman. This is the last game on the schedule before we hit our chat mob part two. Matthew, Bethune, it's a pick. They've been playing better lately. Their talent's finally living up to expectations. Jackson State got right after a rough road stretch. They've now covered two in a row. Who do you like in this game? Uh, second best bet on a short slate for Matthew. I'm taking my Bethune Cookem up Cookman Wildcats here. Uh, talked about this offline that I thought they were eight and two against the spread in their last ten. I think Kai, you said they're only six and four. They've basically had a lot of close cover non covers, but I think if you look at the results closely, they've been in every game um, that they didn't not cover. I guess right. Texas Southern they basically tied with a minute to go. They lost yep. by seven. The game was basically played to a pick them. Alcorn State, they led for a good chunk of that game, is back and forth punching. Um, you know, they beat Prairie View and they swept the Alabamas before that. I think they're playing a lot better. You can look at the um, late insertion of Dyson as another shooter to that mix. And with Dyson, Garrett, Harmon to a lesser extent, but especially Joe French, Jim, it's the best shooting team, I think, in this conference by a significant margin. Um, and just, I know they don't take great shots inside the arc. They're kind of a mid range reliant team, but they can shoot it. And I think when they, focus on shooting higher efficient threes as opposed to like lower efficient twos. They're a pretty good team and uh, they're definitely talented. They play hard. Uh, I think they're just a buy low. So I'm looking to take them here, pick home against Jackson state. Who's just okay. Yeah. When there's 363 teams, sometimes a couple lineup changes, teams shuffling, get, get lost. And you alerted me to the presence of Dyson and how kind of game changing he's been for them. The fact that they now have another shooter to go out there and floor spacing when you have a top 70 recruit at point guard is really good. Uh, Harmon can get into gaps, create for others, create for himself. Like he's just on a different plane than almost every other guard in this league in, in terms of pure talent. Uh, and now you have, like you said, the shooting around to space that out. I kind of buy that. Jackson State, um, not the same tricky defensive team that they were last year um, with, with Mo Williams taking over. So I, I think Bethune Cookman is probably the right side given the way they're trending. Yeah, uh, game one, we talked about shooting. Well, Bethune-Cookman, they, they lost by four points in that game. They were five for 25 from three. So I, th- that hopefully turns around in this game. Now, Jackson State was missing Jamarcus Jones, important player, but they had Trace Young. And Trace Young hasn't played in three games for them, and their results have been not great. They lost to Mississippi Valley State. They needed two overtimes to beat Pine Bluff, which they covered in, in double overtime. And then Ford a and Florida and was up by one with six to play in that game before Jackson State kind of took over. So it hasn't been great efforts for them lately. If he's out again, I especially like Bethune Cookman. Good luck finding information if he's out or not. Um, I, you have to keep him off the glass. Jackson State, I think they can. And again, we talked about the three-point shooting. They are a bit feaster famine, Bethune Cookman. But man, if they're on, they can hang with anybody in the league. So I, I do lean towards Bethune Cookman at home here. Chat mob part two. Do we have any other games we haven't talked about yet besides the best bet specials coming up very shortly? Uh, Norfolk State, Delaware State, go, Jim? go Norfolk. Um, Norfolk, Delaware State's way better half. at home. Delaware State's way better at home. I I have some concerns about them going on the road against the best team in the league that's starting to roll a little bit. Uh, I think Norfolk's the best team in the league. Standings dictate otherwise, but 
Um, yeah, and, and Delaware State's off that overtime. That, again, kind of tilts me away from them having just played extra time. Uh, Hartford South, Alabama, that's a best better. <clears throat> NC Central, Coppin is not. I think it's our final game. Um, again, Coppin State, Morgan State, similar boat to me. I see the numbers. I think, hmm, that's too many for that team who I think is really talented. But then you look at some of the injuries and some of the roster rotational stuff, and he explains it. NC Central under Mr. Moten has been awesome too, Kai. Still, 12 feels high. Feels high. Yeah. Coppin State sucks. They're Coppin State's really bad. Okay. Yep. My ratings stay on them. They're, this they're, bad? They're okay. Bad. I guess they are. I mean, they certainly play like it, so it's hard for me to argue against that, I guess. All right. Uh, that's all I got. I have no profound takes on the MIAC. It's my second least uh, well-versed conference behind the Patriot. Let's go to best bets. All righty. Let's do mine first. It's Stony Brook. Stony Brook plus eight. There you go, chat mob. Uh, we're talking Stony Brook and Delaware. Uh, yeah, plus eight still at Brett Rivers. Um, this team is so much better with Stevenson Moore back in the lineup. They they showed that against North Carolina A&T. He had 14 points. They won by 10. Now, a different guy missed that game. Sarvin was out uh, for that contest. I don't know his status. That does suck, but I still think they can cover here. Delaware is 0-6 against the spread their last six games. Injuries have been a problem for them as well. LJ Owens has been out a while. Jair Davis has missed the last few. TBD, if either of those guys are back, hopefully at least one is still out. And then Stony Brook shoots it. They have the highest three-point attempt rate in the league. If they're hitting or no, a normal percentage or even a little bit above, they can be a killer team and, and give Delaware a scare here. Stony Brook plus eight is the best bet. Love it, Kai. Yep. I think the Matthew. Delaware injuries are rather important. Yes, agreed. Hopefully Jair is out again. Matthew, your best oh, bet. I'm sorry, I need to reiterate. Yes, the Canes, the U, plus five and a half, and Bethune-Cookman. Kai, is that picker plus a half? Am I getting the courtesy hook there? Not that it not that a game doesn't matter at all, anyway. but it's a pick. But it's minus the, half, but I don't know why Bet Rivers does that. It's pick. <laughs> that's very weird. Okay. Well, and the one in a million chance that this game gets called and they do call zero. it a tie. Yeah, a zero. Then I guess you'd be screwed. But I uh, hope it didn't happen. And uh, the Wildcats stay hot from three, Jim. Attaboy. Uh, my best bet is the Hartford South Alabama under. Kai, correct me if it has moved last. I saw it was 131 and a half. Check in. Check the updated number. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, it's just such a horrendous schedule spot for both teams, especially South Alabama. They just played on Saturday. Now, 48 hours later, they're playing a non-conference game against a team that is mega inferior. And uh, they have Southern Miss, the league leader, on tap on Thursday. Short rotation for South Alabama makes a lot of sense to go slow, not try to tax those guys. Uh, and I think they'll, they'll throw out some zone looks against Hartford, too, that'll probably slow them down. And Hartford is one of the slowest offensive teams in the country by possession length. So I think you get a crawl here. It makes sense for both teams to play slow. Efficiency is maybe a slight concern because Hartford's defense is terrible, but they do have, they do have Kimbrough back, who's like their best, most athletic big man. I think that helps at least stymie the uh, potential outburst here for uh, South Alabama. So I like the under one thirty one and a half, one thirty Bet Rivers, one thirty. Oh my God, this opened like one thirty five. People are yeah. hammering this. Been smoked. All right, whatever. I'll still take it at one thirty, but I'm not thrilled about it. <laughs> Well, that does it for our show. And I'm thrilled all of you joined us today for our Monday Best Bets show presented by Bet Rivers. We will see you tomorrow, same time, 12 Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. See you then. Good luck with your bets.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 